TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. It's time for the latest on the Brewers, Bucks, and Packers with the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM, The Fan. The Friday edition of the Fan Afternoon Show, 1250 AM, The Fan. Everybody, thank you so much for listening today and listening all this week. I'm Kevin Holden, Sports Director CBS 58 here in Milwaukee, and just stepping over for the week. I mean, look, it's you, you, you want to talk about the greatest job? I've got a great job, and then I walk into this job, and you've got you know Sam behind the controls, and you've got Tim Bits over here, Timmy Shea, and all these folks that uh, that just make things just, it's super easy. I just sit down and talk, and everybody's like, oh, he's really good at this. Well, I mean, you've got a whole team that makes you good, you know? That's how that works. So thanks to you guys for uh, for everything all week this week. This has been fantastic. There has also not been a shortage of stuff to talk about, and today might be the busiest day of the entire bunch. The Brewers are back home. They're facing the Cincinnati Reds, starting a homestand. The 1982 Brewers are being honored uh, tonight before the game, the 82 Brewers had a press conference yesterday, and wow, it's uh, it, it's just something to see a, a room with Robin Yount and Paul Molitor and Raleigh Fingers and Bud Selig and Bob Euchre, Ted Simmons, Brian Anderson. I mean, of course, Brian Anderson, not part of that team, but he's the moderator of this discussion with this group, and I mean, man, you're talking... They could have talked for days, and 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 I think all of Wisconsin would have listened because the hopes of summers in Wisconsin go behind the Milwaukee Brewers, and there are teams that have been more equipped to handle success than others, teams that have been more talented than others, but no team in Brewers history has gone as far as 1982. That's a team that has made it to the World Series and took the Cardinals, the Cardinals, to seven games you catch something just a little bit different in that series you get a healthy fingers or you get a bounce here and there and you could be talking about the the city's championship in baseball and I think there's renewed interest in the 82 Brewers because of what just happened with the 2021 Bucks because before that it was 1971 and there are some listening to us today who remember the 1971 title but there are some who were not alive and it's the same way for the 82 Brewers. There are some who have some sort of memory of the 82 Brewers. Congratulations if you do. But there are those who don't. There are those who have never seen a Brewers team make a World Series in their lifetime. I'm sitting with two in this studio right now who've never seen the Brewers make a World Series in their lifetime. And, I mean, look, I, 
I was around, but I was I was a little too young to understand. You know, I I I I knew they were throwing the ball around, you know, on TV, but that's about the best I had for the '82 Brewers. I was not a baseball aficionado necessarily at that point. We are trying to effort Jerry Augustine, but in the meantime, we will continue to talk Brewers here on 12:50 a.m. The Fan and the Fan Afternoon Show. Also. Coming up later on in the hour, we'll hear from Ryan Horvath of Bet MGM tonight, as well as we'll also sprinkle in all the great audio that we had, courtesy of Bart Winkler and Gary Ellerson from Canton, Ohio. They got Charles Woodson, Santana Dotson, mm. Gilbert Brown, Bob Harlan, James Lofton. So we'll hear all that, as well as we'll share some of our favorite Leroy Butler stories also later on in the show. But yeah, I mean, 1982, man, like we were talking about yesterday with Tim Allen on the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball postgame show. Paul Molitor, Robin Yount, Cooper, Ogilvy. I I just I wish you could like kind of match up some of these teams current against the past because that Brewers team, in my opinion, with that amount of sluggers and that you know, one through six, I wish you could like just see how it stacks up because I feel like they'd still be a very competitive team. But I understand why it's so special because I just thought, you know, growing up as a kid, Kevin, they talked about nineteen eighty two so much that when I was like five or six years old, I thought that they had won the World Series the way they talk about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And it wasn't until later on in my life that I realized, oh, unfortunately, we didn't. We lost that. But it just, that just speaks to how special that team was. And I mean, we, my 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 time, like my generation, all that. We have like got you know the Ryan Braun, Prince Fielder, CC uh, Sabathia team, and all that. But yeah, obviously, it doesn't even come close to having the two Hall of Famers on, on a team like that. Let me flip history around, and I think we can get a sense of perspective. Let's say, and thank goodness we don't live in this world, Sammy, but let's say that Phoenix took care of business in the finals against the Bucks in 2021. Let's say that they won those first two and then kept going, and it was and it was 4-2 the other way. Do you think they would have had a parade for the Bucks? Do you think they would have had, a what, two, you know, two commas of people, a million people, whatever it was, downtown for – for a parade i don't know that's interesting i don't i don't think a parade but i think the pfizer i think the the deer district probably would have had to look a little party something with like you know a few thousand people ten thousand whatever would be in the deer district right right it could be more than that the 82 brewers had a parade an actual parade they didn't win the world series and still got a parade that's how much the city appreciated the team and appreciated the accomplishments, the fact that they got as close as they did. It was a celebration of Milwaukee being one of the centers of the baseball universe. Now, this city has experienced a championship in baseball. It's just before the time of the majority of us. It was in the 1950s. It was 1957 when the Brewers, uh, the Braves, excuse me, the Milwaukee Braves beat the Yankees in the World Series. And that's, that's just going back a long time. And I think celebrating 1982 now when it's 40 years on and and those guys are for the most part still around it's it's still really cool and it's and it's a nice memory to have and maybe a nice reminder because man the last week has really just shaken your faith in in not so much in the brewers but in the brewers ability to create a title in the climate they live in exactly right because the team right now i mean can they still win the division even though they've gone through this this slump absolutely but do I have faith in them to win a World Series? It was pretty slim even before this little stretch after the All-Star break. But now, I mean, I'm, I, I have to like really convince myself that they can even win a couple series. I got to pull up a tweet, and, and I'm not usually the type to, as you know, to, to go crazy on the negativity or whatever. But this, this tweet was so fantastically constructed that, uh, that I have to find it for you. It is 
it, it was a tweet that was Brewers 2023 bobblehead giveaways. And and it was, you know, it was an account that was just messing around and they were talking about, you know, the sorry we traded Brandon Woodruff bobblehead and the, oh, man. you know, that sort of thing. Uh, it's, it, it, I have to find it. It's really funny. But better news, we have one of the members of the 1982 Brewers on the Great Midwest Bank hotline, Jerry Augustine, the left. He joins us. Augie. How are you? Buenos dias. Uh, <laughs> We've been talking about this, by the way, Sammy, for a long time, ever since I got here. Augie, as you know, like a lot of players of his time and the current time, spent time in the winter in Spanish-speaking country. Augie, you picked up a little Spanish along the way. I was actually better at it, you know, earlier in my career because when you played, I played a total of five winters in Dominican Republic. Uh, I would say not the full-time, full winter ball, but at least most of the winter ball. So when you're down in the country uh, that many times, you want to learn their language and at one time, I got pretty affluent at it, but uh, it's been a while, so I have to brush up each and every time I know I'm going to be on with Kevin Holden. I always go, "Well, I got to go look at a babble. I got to get. I got to learn how to speak Spanish." Can we can we get a Rico Cardi intro at least? Libre Okay, it starts out in Dominican Republic. It'd be it'd be like Kiske is a beer. Rico. I love it. Augie, <laughs> you're going to take my job on Telemundo. I know it. I know it's going to happen. Oh, my God. No. You know, the one thing it is, it's so neat because uh, uh, Billy Castro and I are our, our best of friends. And uh, I always tell him that he should call you and he could probably do a much better much better presentation of a lineup than I could ever do. But uh, it's always fun to see you come and, work and be around you because I, I, br- I bring out all my Spanish that I do know. And you just, you just smile at me and, and just, I think sometimes you, you kind of just say, I'll put up with them today, but I try to do my best I can. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's great. There's no doubt about it. So we've, we've been talking today uh, about the 82 Brewers because they're here, they're, they're all in town and, going to be honored before this game and you know talking about the you know conversations that you have with people and and that sort of thing there's something that strikes me about this 82 Brewers team and and see if you feel the same way I have never seen a team that I would look back on for example that okay you talk to people who played on x team I have never seen a group that's played on a certain team that to a person is just a fantastic conversation good down-to-earth person someone that you could go grab a beer with and i that you could say that about literally the entire 82 brewers team is that a is that a fair assessment you know you know kevin i think uh i heard robin yount make a, a a statement yesterday and he says the first thing it's unbelievable that it's been 40 years since 1982 and since we had the honor of going to the world series but you know that 40 years, and you get all those guys back today. It doesn't take longer than 15 minutes, and we're back getting on each other, uh, telling jokes on each other, playing tricks on each other, talking with each other, and it it's just a great group of guys that um, I think have stayed close, even though we don't see each other as much. Still stay close, stay very close, and want to know how their families are doing. And it was just a really tight-knit group of guys. I think that's the best way to put it. But I thought Robin put it best. He said, it was unbelievable how he walked in 
and all of a sudden everybody started getting on Robin or someone gets on Jimmy Gantner or whatever it is. It was no different than it was when we played back in 1982. The, the group, the chemistry is amazing. And to me, the other thing about the 82 Brewers is you are still, to this day, the representatives of the franchise. In other words, if someone looks to the, to the peak, the Brewers have had some great runs in the last several years. But still, when you talk World Series and you talk Brewers, you guys are the only ones that have worn that uniform, that Brewers uniform, on the biggest stage in baseball, in the World Series. And I, I imagine there's a – I know you would love it if the Brewers have been to 10 or 12 World Series, but there's got to be at least a good sense of being those ambassadors still of the best year in Brewers history. Well, I think this ball club feels like it's one of the ambassadors of this organization. And, it, you know, the goal for every organization is to get to the World Series. And I think when you, you talk about this ball club, the 82 ball club, when we start talking, it's just that we had a great honor. And I think the one thing that it, that is quite evident is how hard it is to get to a World Series. Now, the Brewers have been close a couple of times, but it's not an easy task. It's not, you know, you just pick a group of guys and say, hey, we're the best and we're going to make it to the World Series. It's really a task and it's a journey from when you start in spring training to make it to a World Series and to get that far. 81, we were really close. We got into playoffs against the Yankees, lost in five games against them when we were in uh, two halves because of the strike year. And 82 was just something special where the focus was there and we caught a couple breaks and we played very well and, and we were able to get to the World Series. And there's been clubs since that, but I think when, the way this group looks at it, he says, we were so honored to get there. It's so hard to get there. And it's devastating when you lose. And I'll look back on, on the World Series is after game seven, I walked into the, we walked into the clubhouse. I never seen two people that were more distraught than Paul Mollard and, and Robin Young. They were exhausted for the amount of energy that they put forth in trying to win it. But here's your guys, two Hall of Famers, two All-Stars, the leaders on your ball club. And just to see that, that emotion that was involved that, that, you know what, we want to get back, we want to get back. It's so hard to get here, and then to win it is so difficult. So we totally understand what it is, what this organization, all the good things that has happened from the Milwaukee Brewers of late. They're a great organization, a good ball club, managed by, by Craig Council, who's doing an excellent job. But it's so tough to get there, and we're excited for this, this year's ball club. Hopefully with the pitching, they can do it. Jerry Augustine from the 1982 Brewers team joining us here on the Fan Afternoon Show. Uh, Augie, of course, Molitor and Yount are sort of the, the part of the Mount Rushmore of the franchise, but listening to the guys talk yesterday, I had forgotten about, not forgotten, but it's sort of been in the back of my mind, the, both the player and the persona that is Simba. Ted Simmons is, he's, you, you, you know a little bit about the character of a ball club by the character of its catcher, and he is a unique character. He is a very interesting guy to listen to, isn't he? Oh, man. It, Simba, he's one of the best. When he came over, it was instant leadership. And, and you know, when we talk about the 82 team, yeah, it's about Paul and it's about Robin. But, you know, Paul and Robin were more guys that I don't think they were as vocal as leaders are. They led by example, and boy, what an example they gave the 82 ball club or each and every year that they were one-two in that batting order. And then you had guys like Cecil Cooper and Ben Ogilvie and Gorman Thomas and all these guys, Jimmy Gantner, Charlie Moore, and all the pitchers that we had. That we had. Um, but it was Ted Simmons who was our, our leader. From the minute he got traded over here, when he walked in the clubhouse, you knew right then they were, that the Brewers got something special. And not only is he an extremely intelligent baseball person, 
but he was also a guy who understands what it takes to be a good ball club, what is, what is needed to be a good ball club. And I think from 81 and 82 especially, I don't think there was a guy that kept the Brewers in the proper uh, focus perspective to, to make it to the World Series. It was all Ted Simmons. He was our leader. He was the guy that everybody looked up to. And when you had to have a if you had a question, if you went to Teddy, he would definitely answer it for you. When you are honored, when this team is honored before the game tonight, and the '82 Brewers <clears throat> will have a, a ceremony that where they'll be honored before this game against the Reds tonight, you uh, it's one thing when you honor one person or two people, but there's a there's a fairly large group of guys that are going to be involved in this. How do you, how do you keep everything organized? Are they you know have you done any choreography of where you'll stand and what'll happen? Are you are you part of that? Uh, well, we're, I think we all go on the field. I think I don't even know, but it, nobody, it, you know what? We'll just adjust. It'll it'll work. <laughs> Whatever it is, that group of guys, you could just you could holler out one name real, holler out the names real quickly. And we could all run on the field. We'll just end up somewhere on the baseball field. We don't know where, but we'll end up there. And it's you know the one thing about this the team, and we we hear it a lot with Craig when he came to to Milwaukee was be a good teammate. And I think that's really gone back all the way to the 82 team. It was everybody going out and being for each other. There was, there was, there was a me and team. There was no eyes. There was a me, but that me had to be the best they could be to make the team better. And I, and it, when you look at it, that team is very close. When you announce the guys tonight, it's not going to be about just Raleigh fingers or Robin Younts or Paul Molitor or, or or those guys. It's going to be about the 26 guys or so that are here tonight. It's about everybody, and that's the way everybody looks at it. Uh, last night we had a little get-together, and it was just amazing, the closeness of not just the guys, it's the families, how close they are. And that, that is very, very special when you – get a group of guys together that have accomplished one thing and that was be able to get to a world series man i i did for some reason it slipped my mind until now craig council was 12 in 1982 and his dad that's right worked for the team he 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 more than just saw the the chemistry that was the 82 brewers he understands it he really gets it yeah his dad john was uh just he was around us all the time he helped us out with speaking engagements and he was a big part of what we did and so he'd bring Craig around, and Craig was right with the guys. And and you know what? It, when you were a part of the Milwaukee Brewer organization back in 82, it didn't make any difference whether you were a player, front office, or whatever. It was still family. And, and I think that was the most unique thing that I remember, that it was about something when you did it. It was always an event that the family was always involved in. I think that's the way the club looked at it. I think that's a lot of the way this organization is now. And the way they want to be be thought of is as a family, go out and do things together, and we can accomplish great things. But I, it, it was this ball club was really close knit, and I can remember Clay, Craig walking around the clubhouse, and he was, he was just this little guy, and now he's the manager of the Brewers and been to two World Series and all that stuff. It's really special when you see a young guy from Wisconsin to be able to accomplish that and now be your manager and leading this organization to where. Hopefully, will be a World Series. Extremely cool, Jerry Augustine from the 1982 Brewers. You will be honored before the game, and then we will watch the 2022 Milwaukee Brewers take on the Cincinnati Reds. And this is one of those times where, after the things that have happened the last four days, the Brewers get to come home, put their feet on home ground, solid ground, and kind of start to turn things around. As as a team, when you played for the Brewers and you would go through a, a patch, a rough patch, and things would happen on the road, how important was it? 
to just step on home soil, to just get back in the home routine? It's always good to get home. I don't, I don't care where you are. It's always good to get back home and just get when you have a, a, some adjustments that you have in as an organization, as a team, to get back home and just go through your regular routine. And, you know, baseball is a lot by routine. Everybody does it. We talk about the pitching staff. We talk about hitters and, and even, I would say, managers and coaches. They go through a routine. And getting at, on home, you go through your regular routine. It's a safety belt for you. You go out each and every day. You do it the same way. You understand it, and that builds a that builds success into your your team. And I think that that's what the Brewers need right now, just to get back home, get their feet back on the ground. There's been a lot of movement, different players, and that those things are going to happen. The adjustments are going to be made in the next weeks ahead to see where everybody fits in and how it's all going to work out. But I think getting back home with this ball club right now is going to be very important. First place team still. It is a tie. With the Cardinals, of course, the Cardinals. They they seem to be the the enemies of every storyline, eighty two or two thousand twenty two. But the Brewers are still that first place team, and I, I I think for them that's also part of it too, is to say that it may have felt like there was quite a tumble in the last four days, and things certainly didn't go their way in Pittsburgh. But see the standings, and if they can play half a game better than the Cardinals the rest of the way. They're still the division champs. That has got to at least sit well with this team, right? Well, you, you know, it's a journey. And, and, and each and every year you go out there, and I still believe that it's still you have to play very well inside the division. And you look at this division, yeah, it's all the Cardinals and everybody. When you think about the NL Central, all you think about is the Brewers and the Cardinals. But you can't leave out the Cincinnati Reds. You can't leave out the Pittsburgh Pirates. And, you, you know, you, you just can't leave anybody out the Chicago Cubs because they're rebuilding and their goal is to beat those top two teams in this division. And so I think they're going to go and play hard. We saw Pittsburgh play very well against the Brewers the last three days. And that those things do happen. But it's got to be playing well in the division. The second half, I, we have 50 or 60 games left. And what we have to do is we have to go worry about those games and really get into a groove that, you know, you start first of August, you go through the tough dog days of, of August to the end of August, and then that last month gets really exciting. And I think this is going to be really a special uh, a month, the month of September with the Cardinals and the Brewers battling it head on. And the Brewers got a nice uh, schedule at home. It's going to play big for them, but it's going to be fun to watch. That's what baseball is all about. It's getting to September, making it a measurable time of the year where you can do something special. And that's where this ball club really has to step up. And hopefully they'll get to that number one thing by September to to get them through September, and that is be 100% healthy. As uh, as a longtime pitcher and a left-hander, uh, it's got to be tough to see uh, one of the best left-handers in, in Brewers history go. What will you remember from Josh Hader? First of all, he's my idol. And uh, I was in mourning for a day or two on it, but um, it's part of baseball. I think when you you talk about a Josh Hader, there's more to it than the guy who, number 71, who walked on the mound and, and pitched and, and, and just was sensational, the best reliever in all of baseball. There was something more to Josh, and, and I think Josh felt there was something more to what he wanted to bring to the game of baseball, and that's to be a leader in the bullpen, to show the way for the young guys, to be the guy out there that, hey, if they needed someone to talk to or they wanted just to, to chat, he's right there for them. And I think you lead by example. I thought Josh did an outstanding job. And sometimes there's it's not only the player, it's the – air that he brings with him and I think Josh Hader was a guy that always said that you can never be good enough you always have to get better 
And I think by the way he went about his job by doing that, he made everybody in the bullpen better. So I think that's one thing that's going to be missed in the bullpen a little bit, but they're going to have to make some adjustments. They've got to still have a great bullpen. I still believe they have the best uh, pitching staff in all of baseball. It's what the adjustments are going to be made and what's going to happen in the next two to three weeks just to get everything in line for that final month drive. Jerry Augustine, what a night it's going to be for you and your teammates from 1982. We'll let you go enjoy it. Thanks for taking lots of time. Thanks for sharing memories. And uh, what, what do you? It, I know this is on the radio side, but can you say sports out like we do on the TV side? Uh, can I say it like that? I, I guess I we I can. Watch, I think I, I think I think Kevin. I think I watched you every night, and I think before you said it, I would say, and that's it. Sports out. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, I, I'm like it was every night. I did it. So, but uh, no, it's it, tonight's going to be a great night, and it's uh, honest to God, I I'm so appreciative to be a part of it, uh, and to 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 honor the '82 guys uh, is really special, and uh, they have a they have Milwaukee's a special place in their heart, and you can tell it by when they get together how appreciative they are towards the organization, City of Milwaukee, and the state of Wisconsin. I'll get, appreciate everything. Go enjoy it tonight, man. It's going to be fun. Buenos dias. <laughs> Buenos dias. Thank you, Jerry Augustine. Brewers uh, left-hander and part of that 1982 Brewers team joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for a home renovation loan has you feeling anxious, breathe. And let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a steady banquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. So I said sports out at, for the first, I'm going to say, six months that I was here. Yeah. I started here in September of 2009 at CBS 58. And I was trying to do goofy stuff off the top. I was... I, I won't say I was hired to do a shtick, but I was hired to bring a lot of personality to the job. Oh, yeah. So I was trying to shtick it up a little at the beginning. And one of the things I did was I would say, you know, I would say that's the end of sports. I would just say, sports, out. And I would do that little salute and then run off camera. Right. And and Augie not only remembers it, but still does it <laughs> in 2022, which is amazing. I miss Augie on the TV side. That's I mean- Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Because obviously, you know, me being a younger guy, that's that's how I first knew about Augie. Yeah. Was, was on the TV side, and then later on learned about his career. So, man, good to hear from him, though. And I'm so happy that he's going to be part of that 1982 celebration tonight. UWM baseball coach at one point as well. Oh, I I'm ashamed. I didn't. I never knew that. 
I don't. I, I have to find out how many years, but yeah. Because I root for our guys, you know, like Varsho right now out sure. in Arizona, guys who are from UWM and all that. Wow, I did not know that. Yep, coached UWM has some terrific stories. If you if you catch him and you're, it's you talking to him one on one, you could do a whole thing about his UWM time. Definitely will. Because he had a lot of fun doing that. Well, what a great start to the fan afternoon show. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, I don't think we've touched on the biggest event oh, that's no. in front of us right now, which is the induction of Leroy Butler into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Less than 24 hours from now. We're going to talk about that at some point during the day today. Several points during the day today. We'll have clips from interviews from earlier in the day as well on the Fan Afternoon Show. What a weekend, and we're here to get you ready for it on the Fan Afternoon Show, 12.50 a.m. The Fan. Kevin Holden from CBS 58 stepping in all week. Thanks for tuning in, listening all week long. Thanks, Sam, for all your help. No problem. It's been great. I I mean... It's been a crazy week with the trade deadline, and now as the end of the week, we're getting into Leroy Butler being enshrined to the, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So you and me both, uh, it's been a great week, and I'm gl- always happy to work with you because you're my man, but uh, man, oh man, do I need the weekend. <laughs> yeah, we do, yeah. both of us. And you know, the worst part, well, I say the worst part, it's it's great, but it's a, a weird part, is tomorrow my assignment is the Walk of Fame Wall of Honor, which is happening as well. Not only is Leroy Butler going to the Hall of Fame, but then you've got Braun, Luke Croy, K-Rod, Prince Fielder all going into various things with the Brewers tomorrow. So I'm doing that. Telemundo is Sunday, and then I've got my normal week. So it's it's a 10-day work week on the other side. It's nonstop. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's, it's August. I'll be going to the Brew game tomorrow and Sunday, too. So Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe I'll stop by. Come on by. Uh, I'll, obviously, tomorrow's just a normal day, but Sunday we've got a booth. Yeah. We can't let that guy Tim Shea in, though. Because if you let him in, everything's just going to go to chaos. Oh, trust me. I we you know there've been a couple times where I've said oh yeah drop by the booth whatever you know and he he knows everybody there obviously oh, of course, and then he yeah. comes by the booth and he says hello and then everything like did you heard the story of the first game this year no we had a technical problem with the feed and so the first like inning and a half was the audio was us calling the game, but the video was our one camera that we have in the booth. So you saw the back of my head as the video feed <laughs> for an inning and a half. Who do you think caused that? Tiff Shea. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not saying he's out there pushing buttons. Right, but, but you know, you walk in those booths and you accidentally trip over a cord and then boom, the entire thing's down. That's how I it mean, goes. If there's anybody who was around there long enough to know where the proper buttons are and the proper things to trip over, right? Yeah. All you got to do, boop, and then there it goes. I literally know how to take us off the air by unplugging one thing. Right. It's, it's So, yeah, it's it's it could be very simple. Man. Knowledge. And now I have more dirt on him. <laughs> oh, I give you some dirt on him. <laughs> yeah, I can do that. the last person you want to invite in the booth. <laughs> right, because he's going to invite chaos. So you come by. Don't bring him. Right. Uh, Leroy Butler tomorrow goes into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, there is it, it is he goes first. Mm-hmm. So it's already going to be the the the, uh, the emotion of it's going to be fantastic. But the fact that he goes first means that for me. I think it gets way bigger for him to yeah. go for. I don't know if he's thought that part of it through. That, that in other words, the television program begins. Mm-hmm. Everyone goes, oh, my goodness, the Hall of Fame induction, and he's first. The, yeah, the crowd is just going to, you know, because the crowd, it's going to be, you know, very hyped, and everybody's going to be on their feet and, you know, cheering and everything. But for the first one, like like you said, the grand opening and all that, so they're going to be extra, like, loud for him. Yeah. I don't think he's really thought about it, but, you know, knowing Leroy, I don't think it phases him. He just, you know, adapts with everything and, go, you know, does his thing. He'll tell some some great story and just disarm the whole tension of the moment, and then everything will be great. He'll probably... Oh, man, can you imagine if he like leaps into the crowd afterwards? Okay, I think he will. Did you did you hear? There's some sort of 
I, I, Twitter is such a terrible. It's it's not almost as bad as TikTok for all the weirdness that it's goes terrible. on. But there, somebody on Twitter mentioned something about giving him like either shoes or some sort of apparatus with springs, <laughs> so he could jump up from the stage, like off the end of the stage and yeah. into the crowd. He doesn't need that. He just do it himself, right? Have he's you still in shape? Have you seen his shoes that he's wearing today? I think uh, Gary Ellison tweeted it out. We we put it on our, our our fan Twitter page. Oh my goodness, the shoes that he's got on today—they are like Air Force One, Nike Air Force Ones. But like instead of the Nike swoosh, it's got a you know leap on there and gold on the side, and then the you know Pro Football Hall of Fame oh, logo and all that. Custom platinum. platinum. Wow. So we'll talk about that in the meantime. After the break, though, yeah, let's hear from. Santana Dotson and Gilbert Brown, who okay. joined Bart Winkler and Gary Ellison before. Greatest job probably today for anybody was them to be in Canton because yeah. you just flipped the mic on and then here comes one Packers great after another after another. Yeah, and it doesn't stop too because Bart will be on tomorrow morning too to kind of like the Hall of Fame enshrinement pregame show. It's the Road to Canton show on the fan. <laughs> Bart will be on from 7 to 10 a.m. to you know obviously take your guys' phone calls. We'll play some great you know sound as well during that. So, uh, so it's... The Hall of Fame, you know, content does not stop here on 1250 and the fan. And if you are the the type, you know, you listen to the the local hosts here on the fan and you're used to Monday through Friday or whatever, circle it because if it's not in your routine to be up on Saturday morning for this, you want to be up tomorrow morning oh, yeah. to hear this because it is a it is a special day, one of the most special days because look, Brett Favre had an amazing career, there was no question what was going to happen with him. There is no question what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. With Leroy Butler, there was a difference of opinion, and those in Wisconsin knew that he should be where he is, and finally he'll get that chance to be there. It's 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 going to be a proud day for the state when that happens tomorrow. That'll be fun. More from this uh, Leroy Butler pre-induction Friday on the Fan Afternoon Show next. <laughs> why not? Why not end a week of angst <laughs> over the Brewers with Alanis singing "You Ought to Know"? I'm sorry. Where is Kevin from the office? You, 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 you. <laughs> <laughs> I I have nothing to do. I just want you to know I have nothing to do with this music. It's amazing though how well it has fit at points. There will be some times where we'll be talking about something and then like the bumper music will just randomly play a certain song. And be like, wow, how does how does <laughs> certain forces that you can't control. <laughs> Never miss a moment from the fan again with the free Odyssey app. You can download the Fan Afternoon Show and listen whenever and wherever works best for you. Leroy Butler goes into the Pro Football Hall of Fame tomorrow. Uh, the folks from the fan, uh, other other shows on the fan, are in Canton now, and they have been treated to a parade of super guests, but guests that are, are greats of, uh, of their time with the Green Bay Packers. So we've got... Both Santana Dotson and Gilbert Brown, if I remember right, and uh, let's yeah. let's uh, let's check out what they had to say earlier today in Canton on Enshrinement Eve. Man, I think it's great. You yeah, know, long overdue, hard work pays off. So, you know, glad to see him go in and be able to celebrate it with him. Gil, you yeah. seen the speech? You out there? You gonna put your suit on? I'm shaking. <laughs> Don't do that. I'm shaking, man. God dog, man. I, you know what, man? What? I get to spend time with my homeboy here. Yeah. I mean, I'm about to meet greatness. Yes. And uh, to put Leroy, I got him chilling with my son and my niece and everything. Man, it's, it's just a – oh, man. I have never seen uh, Leroy cry. We had him on this morning, and we couldn't even get him through the interview. Oh, really? Yeah, he's been so – you know how he is, just so joyful and all that. Mm -hmm. For the first time, I saw it finally hit that joker that 
because, I mean, you here at this hotel, and then all the gold jackets are here. Everybody's here. And it was it was a different Leroy that I have ever seen before in my life. Yeah, I mean, you know, you start, you know, for, for what we did for the years we played, you know, it's all a numbers game. So right. you look at the numbers of guys that were privileged to do what we did. It's, a, it's roughly 26,000, 27,000 guys that ever played professional football. You know, then you take that, and there's only about 300 of those guys that are Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. So the small percentage of guys that are able to do and get on the field and be the best of the best. And Gil and I were fortunate enough of those 300 guys. We've played with, there's three of them. Mm-hmm. Two of them were on our side of the ball, but three of them, you know, uh, from Reggie to Leroy and Brett, you know, you know, we, we were on the same team with three guys, yeah, three of those 300 guys. Isn't so it lets you know how special you are. It really is. Uh, your defense, I don't think it gets talk, talked about enough. I mean, you, I thought one of the greatest defenses in, in NFL history. We hear about this doggone Chicago Bear defense and all that. Mm-hmm. But when you guys were doing it, that defense was the best there ever was for a number of years, Gilbert. I think uh, you look at it, it's not about intimidation. But when you step on the field, and we had an attitude at Lambeau Field, you do not come up and win in Lambeau Field, period. And we put it down like that. Ask Detroit how many times the boys came up there. You know what I'm saying? Ask Detroit. I told them we stopped them from, from that roar to meow. They bite meow. So, I mean, the game has changed. But back when we played, it was men against men. Yeah. And you could hit the quarterback. Yeah. Period. Uh, Santana, uh, Leroy talks about, and I, you can tell me if it's true or not, a story about, I guess he's getting ready to blitz, and then you stand up and say, which one you coming in? <laughs> Is that a true story or not? There's some truth to every lie he tells. You know, I'll put it like that. But it, it is a true story. Uh, like you talked about, I mean, right. we were predicated defensively through our defensive front, and Leroy was an outstanding blitzer, you know, um, and a lot of things he did was coming through either the A or B gap in football terms. So, you know, we had the option of knowing of, of mm-hmm. he and I had the option because I was a B gap player mm-hmm. of deciding which gap he was blitzing in. So there was some discussions of that. And, you know, we used to joke <laughs> about it a little bit. And, and some, you know, the, the, the offensive lineman had to pick up somebody, either mm-hmm. me or him. Right. So, you know, we would joke about it like, I'm going to tell the offensive lineman you coming, <laughs> so make sure he pick you up and I can go get the sack. <laughs> you know, I think much has been lost. I believe Fritz is also being honored this weekend too. As well he should. Right. And uh, you, you talk about his defense and how innovative he was within the defensive scheme that you guys were able to flourish in. It's crazy because he got me, he had me dropping in the coverage. You know what I'm saying? I was dropping. Yeah, in the but coverage. you played fullback in high school. Nobody no, remember well, you that. No, I was dropping back in the coverage, man. And I, I, my job is get out there and get them screens and all that stuff. He, we were, we were role players that played the role well. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Everybody had a job to do, but when you put it all together, it's a team. Yeah. And a team that will whoop your ass. Mm-hmm. Can you say ass on radio? You just did. Okay. You just did. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah. Fr- Fritch was definitely he was a strategist, and he loved his defensive lineman. You know, and, resist and back to that the point again. Resist the temptation to what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Resist the temptation, right? Yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can use that in everyday life too. Yes, yes, yeah. resist yes. the temptation. Yeah. Santana Dotson, Gilbert Brown, joining Gary Ellerson, Bart Winkler, and company out in uh, out in Canton, Ohio.
That's, I mean, what a what a great thing. I mean, you just spend your day talking to greats of the generation. You know, oh, the show is just pure chaos. But that's what you know, I love shows like that where Bart's hosting with Gary. Which, by the way, we need a we needed a, somebody to follow them around with a GoPro on their way to Canton. And while they were there, because the stories that they were telling me off the air, it's like we needed a reality show of those two together. But the entire show, Gary's like, "Hey, should I go try to get Franco Harris? Should I try to go get Lawrence Taylor?" And Bart's like. The entire show, he's like, if you ask me to get a you know a Hall of Famer or like a former football player, I'm gonna say yes. Of course. But Gary just kept on doing that. And he'd be like in and out of the show trying to get people. But yeah, that was uh Santana Dotson and Gilbert Brown. We'll hear from Charles Woodson, who joined the guys also later on uh throughout the afternoon show. And man oh man, the Bob Harlan interview, which James Lofton joined all you know through and Leroy Butler himself stopped by to thank uh, Bob Harlan and all that. That that interview is like one of our best things I, I think has ever happened on the station in a long time just with how emotional it got with uh Leroy and Bob let me so let me quickly let me see if I can sort out what that was which is obviously the relationship with Leroy and Bob Harlan was really really good but it seems to me that Bob Harlan was the first guy that put the 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 thought in Leroy Butler's head that he could have a bust one day that he could be in Canton it, that's that's the impression I got from talking to Butler last week was when when his you know he's in Green Bay and you're doing big things you're you know racking up sacks you're winning games you inventing the Lambo leap there's so much there and apparently at some point Bob Harlan sort of initiated the thought in Leroy's head you'd be a Hall of Famer yeah and I think that that has stuck with with Leroy oh for sure yeah he was definitely I forget too the name of the um, the PR guy for the Packers back in the day too but Bob Harlan and him. We're definitely the big, the first two to kind of make Leroy realize, like, yeah, you could have a chance at the Hall of Fame, my man. That's something. And then, yeah, that that starts to register, you know. Yeah. And of course, Leroy, being the humble guy he is at the time, probably like, ah, get out of here. But man, I'm so, I'm so happy for Leroy. Oh yeah, it's it just again, good thing happening to a great person. That's that's it. Like, how much of that do we need in the world right now? We need more, right, <laughs> right? Right, especially right now. We yeah. need more of this right can, now. Can we? Can we have? We stories? need good things, brewers. <laughs> brewers. Yes, yes. Good things. <laughs> Change the economics, please, please. Uh, okay, so with all of that in mind, Ryan Horvat from BetMGM tonight, and uh, the BetMGM MLB podcast is going to join us. He'll have his thoughts, I'm sure, on the Brewers, on Hater, how it changes, you know, odds and that sort of thing, because the Brewers went from a lead to a tie in one series. So Ryan will help us sort that out next on the Fan Afternoon Show. The Fan Afternoon Show, 12.50 a.m. The Fan, Kevin Holden, CBS 58, Sam Schmitz behind the controls. Big weekend, Brewers Reds, 1982 team honored. We're going to hear from Ryan Braun and Prince Fielder and Jonathan Lucroy and Francisco Rodriguez. Leroy Butler is going to go in the Hall of Fame. Packers family night today? Family night's going on. Scott Grotsky's car is dead three blocks from Lambeau Field. Ooh. Well, I'm glad that you're probably glad you're working in the WSSP studios today. Then. Dude, this is the place right <laughs> here. I am, I am the happiest man alive because his – I'm not lying to you. He was driving up with his photographer, CBS 58, Scott Grotsky, who you will hear from next week in this chair as the host of the show uh, for, the, for the week. And Scott's car died. The, well, the news car died. I know what we'll be talking about on Monday. Mm-hmm. He'll have a story for you. And the thing is, Scott is very like Scott and I. Uh, you know, we we work great together, but we we ha- we come from two different internal places. There are two different personalities coming in. So Scott is probably going to throw some venom on that story, just so you know. Just be ready for that. 
Ryan Horvath, the host of BetMGM Tonight and the BetMGM MLB podcast, joins us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Horvey, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks so much for having me. Driving right now through a uh, what appears to be a severe thunderstorm coming my way, so I feel Grotsky's pain, uh, to be honest with you. There's nothing worse than just trying to do your job and having to deal with nonsense like this. I have to be honest. But I'm excited because it worked tonight. Uh, my whole staff is there, which is very rare on a Friday night. Everybody likes to take get the long weekend, you know, so I'm going to be able to just sit back and stream family night. <laughs> the fantastic you get you get to see rogers throw a ball through a net now i i imagine there are odds on everything on earth but i imagine probably there is nothing you can bet involving family night am i right unfortunately nothing that we could bet if if there was a possibility that i could bet the aaron Rodgers net throw i definitely would do it because i feel like he always hits it um yeah, nothing, unfortunately, for family night. I'll tell you what I do like, though, a bet that I did just place that's probably my favorite bet of the NFL season. I really like to play the season-long player props that are available at BetMGM. And A.J. Dillon's rushing touchdowns, for some reason, only five and a half. And I joked and I said, if A.J. Dillon doesn't have six touchdowns by week eight, Matt LaFleur shouldn't be calling plays anymore. So um, I definitely really like that prop. But nothing for family night, unfortunately. That's all right. We got a little bit of time then to, to place our bets. Now, the thing that I know you can bet, and I imagine has changed significantly in the last 96 hours, involves the Milwaukee Brewers, who gave Josh Hader to the San Diego Padres and got back a guy that they DFA'd and a couple of guys for down the road and caused just a, a full on, just angst filled rage in Milwaukee for like three days and they get swept by Pittsburgh. Now there's a tie in the NL Central. How have their odds changed and how do you see that? Yeah, the odds continue to shift, you know, because last week when they made that deal, I looked at it and they were still the favorites to win the division. They were like minus 120, meaning you lay a buck 20 to win a dollar, 120 to win 100, which actually they opened up this season and I played them pretty big and they were minus 175 to win the division. They were huge favorites. You know, because people were obviously worried about St. Louis's rotation. Miles Michaelis has been really good, but, you know, we hadn't seen him for two years, and he was coming off a pretty serious injury. Their bullpen has been a lot better than people have expected, even though it's still not great. I know that they've made some deals here at the deadline. But now, you know, after the hater move and after, you know, being swept by the Pirates, even with Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta coming back from the 60-day IL and Brandon Woodruff on the mound – you know, the Cardinals here soon, I feel like, are going to be the favorites because they're taking care of business right now in a bad division. Like, they just swept the Cubs yesterday, both games of the doubleheader. Like I said, uh, they got better at the deadline. I don't understand what the Yankees were thinking with that deal, sending them Jordan Montgomery for Harrison Bader, just because the Yankees didn't really need another outfielder. I mean, yeah, it's a luxury to have that in the postseason, a defensive outfielder, but I'd rather have the arm, to be quite honest. And Montgomery's been pretty good this year. So, I like the moves that they made, Jose Quintana, obviously. Um, So I had to hedge off a little bit and play the Cardinals because last I checked, they were still plus 150. So the Brewers were still favored to win the division. But I could see that changing if they don't get things going here soon. And I was just a little disappointed. I didn't really mind the hater move, you know, although I don't know that I fully trust Devin Williams because when you're a closer in Major League Baseball, you know, most of that is mental. And last year after clinching the division, he did punch a wall and break his hand. So I, I, I get it. The ERA for haters skyrocketed the last couple of weeks, uh, even though he does still lead Major League Baseball and all saves. 
I just really wish they could have added another bat uh, at the deadline, to be honest with you. So, so I think the odds are going to continue to change here. And I think now the Cardinals actually should be the favorite to win the Central, as much as I hate saying that because I can't stand St. Louis. You, oh, man, <laughs> you're telling me. Uh, the, the, the shift of power in the National League was fascinating because it out of one side of our mouth, we spent all this time talking about the economics of baseball and small market teams and competing. And meanwhile, over on the West Coast, San Diego, which in baseball terminology is a small market, uh, goes and, and becomes the Death Star. They acquire everyone. They become the evil empire. How do you sort that out if you're trying to place anything for the rest of their season? Can you do anything with it? Because they're they're a great team, but man, they trail first place in that division by a mile. Yeah, I still expect the Dodgers to win that division. And I still, even with all the flashy moves they made at the deadline, like acquiring Josh Hader, like locking up Joe Musgrove, which they got a great deal, you know, only – I say only, but what was it, $200 million? That was kind of a steal because he's been so damn good. I thought he would have got more in the open market coming up this offseason. But with that lineup, and we haven't even seen Tatis fully healthy. We haven't seen him in the lineup all season long. So we don't know what he's going to look like when he comes back. The Dodgers lineup, I mean, Mookie Betts, in my opinion, is the best player in the National League. I know Paul Goldschmidt's probably going to win MVP, but I love Mookie Betts. So I would still take the Dodgers, and I still kind of like the Mets a little bit more just because I keep joking that they won the deadline because they got Jacob DeGrom back. And in the postseason, if you can hit a team with Max Scherzer, Jacob DeGrom, you know, McGill's been really good, Carrasco's been pretty good. I like the rotation, and they're not just home runner bust. They get guys on base. They can manufacture runs. I like the Mets. And if you wanted to play the Padres, you could have had them the day before they acquired Juan Soto, which I do the BetMGM MLB podcast, and Cody Decker, you know, a couple weeks ago, threw out that they could be a dark horse candidate to land Juan Soto before their name was even being involved just because they want to go all in, you know, and they do have the money. Um, but you could have had them 18-1 to 1 plus 1,800 to win the World Series. As soon as that deal went down, they, they moved all the way down to 10 to 1. So I feel like I kind of missed the price. And still, like you said, they, they still have a lot of ground to make up. They're not going to win that division. And then they have to play in the fluky wild card situation. I just, I like the Dodgers more and I kind of like the Mets more. But man, that's going to be a scary team here for the next couple of years, especially when they lock up Juan Soto. I just don't know if I trust their pitching. Blake Snell was really good the other night, but can he continue to do that? Is you Darvish going to stay healthy? So I like the Dodgers and the Mets still the best in the National League. And I think the Mets are the best value, Kevin, because they're still plus 625. So you make a $100 bet, you could win $600. See, I think, and, and, and having your finger on the pulse with this trade deadline, not so much on the angst of a team or whatever, can, but on the, the general movement within the sport can, can help you in a, in a major way. So that's, that's a very insightful thing because we, you know, in Milwaukee, it'd be real easy to get angsty about the Padres and go do something with that. But yeah, that's the voice of reason saying Dodgers and Mets. Now on the American League side, I, <laughs> the balance of power didn't shift quite so much. Uh, it was, you know, we'd, we'd feel relatively the same here as we did before. How do you see the American League? Yeah, that's a great question because everybody continues to talk about the Yankees and rightfully so. I love watching Aaron Judge and Every night you watch him, he's robbing a home run at the wall. Then he comes up, he hits a grand slam. Then he's hitting a two-run shot. He's been so clutch this year as well. He's going to get himself paid. But And the rotation's been great. But the other day we saw it again. Garrett Cole gave up, what, six, seven runs in the first inning against Seattle. He still, he still went into the sixth, I know. But 
I just, after the postseason last year, the game against Boston, I know Garrett, Garrett Cole's great. He's an ace. Wish I had him on my team. But I don't fully trust him. And these guys that have been great, like Cortez, he's going to be on a pitch count the second half of the season. So in the American League, I actually played the Astros when I was getting 6-1 to one odds with them. I love the rotation. I love what they did at the deadline, even though they gave up a couple arms. I love Trey Mancini. And I also thought that was a great PR move because – Obviously, everybody hates the Astros. They're a bunch of cheaters, rightfully so. But now, you know, you have Dusty Baker managing the team, no longer A.J. Hinch, and you bring in one of the best stories in, the major, in Major League Baseball the last four years in Trey Mancini. They're almost kind of likable. Not really likable, but I, I like the Astros a little bit better than the Yankees. And then the sleeper team, I love what Seattle did at the deadline, getting Castillo, adding him to that rotation. I love their bullpen. Robbie Ray has been much better the last couple months uh, of the season after a disastrous start. And I like their lineup. Who doesn't love uh, Julio Rodriguez? So, for me, it's the Astros. The sleeper team would be the Mariners. And I just don't know if I fully buy into the Yankees, as great as they've been, um, just because of the pitching down the stretch. Ryan Horvath, BetMGM tonight and the BetMGM MLB podcast. We appreciate everything. It's uh, To me, it's always fun because you and I sat side by side here in the studio. And now, of course, I see you doing the big time stuff. I see you, you know. I call it the double box and triple box, and here you are with other folks making things happen. Well, thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. I always love talking with you. Uh, Enjoy the games this weekend, and take it easy. Get some rest this weekend, man. Hopefully you guys are getting nice weather because I have the weekend off. I planned on swimming with my son all weekend. Every weekend here, it's 103 degrees, 102 degrees. This weekend, nothing but rain and wind and 75-degree weather. So hopefully you guys have better luck than me. Sorry. Do what you can in the monsoon. We'll, we'll try to do the same, Horvath. Thanks for joining us, Thanks, man. Thanks, guys, for joining us. Thanks, guys. Ryan Horvath uh, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for a home innovation loan has you feeling anxious, breathe. Like Great Midwest Bank, help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. So there was a little pause there. He finished his, his answer about the American League. There was a beat just for a second there. <laughs> Let me explain to you guys what was going on, and I didn't want to I'm say I'm sorry. It. I, shouldn't have, I shouldn't have pointed that out to you, no, but like, I, cu- I couldn't help it. You, you can't. It's like... It's like a, like a live unicorn walking through the studio <laughs> level kind of stuff. Like he, Horvat's talking about the American League, and Sammy kind of waves at me, and he points up. So there are two TVs in the in the studio at twelve fifty a.m. The fan obviously paying attention. There's there's the Packers schedule on one of the screens. Uh, you know, Brewers, we will watch pregame show. NFL, I think it was NFL Live. Yeah, yeah, NFL Live was on. What do we see when we look up? It's Jake Cutler playing bags. He waves and points, and I'm thinking, I'm going to turn around like, oh, man, breaking news. Here we go. And and I turn around, and it's Jake Cutler, and I swear that, you know, the smoking Jake Cutler meme? Yeah. The face hasn't changed. It looks exactly the same. And he's it's so it's so Jay Cutler. He's dressed in whatever the uniform of playing bags is because that was a uniform, right? <laughs> yeah. That wasn't just a oh. random set of clothes. Sponsors and everything on there. Yeah, yeah he he's got that look like <sighs> I don't want to be here. I need a cigarette. <laughs> and, he plays, and then they show him playing bags. Don't I mean, I, I look up. We're talking to Horvath, and we're like, <sighs> obviously, like we're in trench. I literally look up and I see Jay Cutler playing bags. I'm like, what is going on? Mm. And then on top of that. Later on, too, when Horvath gets to his next question, what do we see? It's Jameis Winston training with a lightsaber. <laughs> oh, was, yeah. He, what he was, was that? He took it. He would he'd take a snap, like a fake snap, with a lightsaber in his hands, get like four <laughs> steps back, and then act like he's Aaron Judge. What is that? Taking a swing like he's Aaron Judge, and then come back and do it again. 
Oh, like, man. What, what, I've heard of cross-training, you know, but Bo Jackson never did that. No. Is he, I mean, is, it, is Jameis Winston? I've, if there was anybody in this universe that was going to be a Jedi, it's Jameis Winston. <laughs> but, yeah, we're, sorry about that. Like, between answers, like, we were clearly distracted there by, like a, you said, a unicorn walking into the studio. That's what it was. There was a, there was a pause. So, I, I'm glad you all enjoyed Ryan Horvath's insight. They, they are great insights. Horvath right. clearly knows his stuff, We man. need to turn the TVs off. But, but <laughs> there was a moment when he was talking about the Astros and Mariners, and our eyes are bugging out of our heads because – Jameis Winston's practicing with full football gear and a lightsaber, at least a helmet and a lightsaber, and and Jay Cutler's throwing bags. Oh, it's yeah. okay. It's been that kind of week. It has, and thankfully we have Leroy Butler to keep us grounded. Going to go talk back about on track. Our, our favorite Leroy Butler stories and try to maybe stay away from the unicorns next on the Fan Afternoon Show. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.